Welcome to the Inspire Church Podcast. We hope this message will equip and empower you to reach your God-given potential. Inspire Church is all about loving God, loving people, and inspiring our world. Visit inspirechurch.com.au for more information. So I'm teaching tonight on progress in our relationships. You say progress here, right? You don't say progress. What do you say? Good. Like everyone in the Commonwealth should say it. My husband says progress for whatever reason. You'd think he was born south of the border, but um, (laughs) I know. Oh, Canada. It's Canada Day over there. It's coming to the end of the day for Canada. It's our 150th um, anniversary of being part of the Confederation. And so uh, we're, we're celebrating. They're partying hard. They're wearing a lot of red and white in Canada and singing Oh, Canada and probably drinking a lot of beer. But... Uh, not our people, just everybody else. But uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's kind of a Canadian thing. And they eat Timbits and maple syrup. Does anybody else know what a Timbit is? No. Oh, there's a Canadian over there. You visited Canada and you know what Timmy's is. It's a donut. You know, who cares? Maple glazed. It's good. But anyhow, I want to talk tonight. I'm excited to be here. We love your pastors. We love your church. As a matter of fact, the very, very first church John ever preached in when we came over to Australia for the first time 23 years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, a long, long time ago before he had only gray hair. Um, This was the church that he preached in, so it's a privilege to be here. We got to be here last year and had a great time and excited to be here again. And you're amazing because you all think it's freezing and you can't believe that you came out for the evening because you should be sitting by a fire with your toque or your beanie on and and, and mittens and uh, under a duna. And uh, I'm learning how to speak Australian. (laughs) But you're here suffering in the cold for Jesus. You guys are like awesome. This is not cold. You are very deceived if you think this is cold. It's not cold at all. This is like balmy it's it's like latter spring weather so suffer 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 (laughs) if I had to suffer like this I just don't know if I could do it seriously people this is fantastic weather fantastic All right, I'm going to talk about relationships because that's what we're pretty passionate about. John and I actually can preach on other things, so most people wouldn't know that. When we're in our own church, people know that. But around the world, for some reason, we have been given this tremendous opportunity to speak around relationships. We don't just speak about marriage. We love family. We love all relationships, people you work with, people that you live next door to. We need to get really, really great at relationships. And so today, I just titled this, Relationships, They Are a Word work in progress. And we are called to go from strength to strength. I was thinking about it as we were worshiping tonight. How great is our God? This amazing, amazing God. And uh, that in relationship with him, we as believers are called to go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from one place to a new place. And it's supposed to get better and better. The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. That is our calling in Christ. And if that is our relationship and what it looks like with God, it should be reflected 
in our everyday relationships with humanity here on earth. Isn't that right? And yet, sadly, relationships are the most fragmented part of our lives so often. That if if most people, that's the one area they struggle in the most. I mean, you might struggle in your finances. You may struggle in your health. And I think those sometimes we deal with very differently. But when there's relationship pain, relationship struggle, it takes it to a whole different level. It is the most painful type of, of challenge to walk through and yet in Christ we can triumph and we can go from strength to strength and if you've heard John and I if you were here this morning or if you've heard us talk previously you would know that that we've had to learn how to go from strength to strength like I said I I met him in high school and I I told my sister who is besties with his sister I said boy that Johnny Burns is really cute and she told somebody who told somebody who told him. And so he asked me out, and of course I said yes. I didn't expect I'd be skipping out of school for the very first time in my life, but I did because he was worth it. And so we dated and eventually got married. And I just thought it was going to be a Cinderella story. I met the cutest boy in all of Killarney High School, probably in all of Canada and the world, perhaps. But I mean, hey, I still love looking at him. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it's interesting that you just think it's going to be easy. It's not going to be that hard. It's like we love each other. What more could we ask for? And so on May 12th, just this past May, John and I celebrated... 43 years of marriage. I know it's like even I'm shocked that I'm that old and we've been married that long. But you know what? 38 years ago, I thought I had made the biggest mistake of my life. What did I do that for? I married the wrong person. This is obviously not meant to be. He is a jerk. I don't like him anymore. I just thought all these things that were terrible about him. And and that, in fact, wasn't necessarily completely true. And uh, I was a bigger jerk than he was. but, But, you know, we had grown apart in our relationship. I could never have imagined that we would find ourselves in such devastation. And so heartbroken, 38 years ago, I came to the end of myself. And God came to a place where I knew that if God didn't rebuild this marriage, that there was no hope, that we were, we were going to fail. And there was only one way it was going to work, and that was if I gave my life completely to God. And so one day, John shared about it this morning. If you weren't here, I recommend you can access that teaching. It's very helpful. But I found myself crying out to God. Best decision I ever made. And when I cried out to God, I didn't say, God, just fix him. I said, God, change me. God, go to work in my life. I remember saying these words, God, I've had life with you and I've had life without you and I don't want to live another day without you. And that day I made a decision. I had no idea if God was, if John was going to go forward with me. I didn't know, but I was going forward. God's called us to go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. I couldn't go only if John would go with me. I had to go no matter what. But in that journey, obviously, God met both of us. And I feel like so many of us feel relationally stuck. We're waiting for somebody else to change. We're waiting for somebody else to make the first move. We're waiting for someone else to get the right attitude. And all the while, God's saying, I can't change all of that for you, but I can change you. And if we let God go to work in our hearts, change is imminent. Things are about to change. And I've come to discover that in every thriving relationship, it will be a work in progress. None of us are a finished, completed masterpiece yet. God is still working on every one of us. And I also came to discover that the grass is only green where you water it. 
where you tend to it, where you weed it, where you pay attention to it, where you actually give it the due care and attention that it needs. And so sadly, we aren't taking care of our relationships. Whether it's our marriage, our families, our, our work colleagues, whatever. Are we actually paying attention to the people that God has brought into our lives? And so if we ask ourselves this question, if every relationship is a work in progress, and I believe that it is, are we progressing? Are we progressing in our marriages? Would you say your marriage is way better today than it was a year ago? Are we progressing? Someone just giggled. Like, I, I think it was kind of a ha, 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 I don't know. <laughs> and that would be true for some of you. And you know what? That's not a death sentence over your marriage. Because for some of us, the truth would be no. We haven't progressed. We're pretty stuck. And you know what? There's always going to be a way out. But I think what it takes is being honest. Actually acknowledging and not pointing. If someone had asked me 38 years ago, Helen, what's wrong with your marriage? I would have given them a one-word answer because then I believed it with my entire heart. John, that's my problem. Boom, right there. But you know what? That wasn't the truth. That's maybe what I believed, but it actually was, I was deceived. Into, <laughs> I was deceived into thinking that the whole issue and the whole success or failure of our marriage rested on him. And so often we think that, well, I've tried, it didn't work, I'm giving up, it's, it's over. We're not progressing in our relationships. And I agree, it takes two to make a fantastic relationship. And one person can decide to blow it up all on their own. But as for me, I want to choose to be one that progresses in my relationship with God. And then I want it to be evidenced in my relationships with the people that God has brought in our lives. What about are we progressing in our relationships and our families? As parents, are we getting stronger in our relationships with our children? Are we progressing in our relationships at work, our neighborhood, our church community? God didn't add you to the church to come here, be a part of this community, to just have you sit, but to progress. I know because I, I, there's a plan in this church to help you move ahead in your calling and your purpose in God. They've worked diligently to create a pathway for you to grow. But it's not just so you grow in isolation. It's that you grow in community. And that takes investing your heart. And it feels risky. It feels like, what if it doesn't work out? And so often, rather than invest and, and, and do the work, we hold back out of fear. And so how would you define progress in a relationship? Well, it's to be advancing, developing, and actually succeeding as you advance and develop. And that doesn't mean every step forward that you take is going to be a big win. I think sometimes in relationships we move forward and then we, ha- we stumble a little. And we have to figure our way out. But what happens so often in relationships, we stumble a little. Then we sit down and we stop and we think, I'm not playing anymore. Well, we don't get to do that. We have to learn how to get up and keep going said this years ago, and I, I, I believe it's to be the truth. I say it over and over again. What does love look like? Love is a heart that moves. It moves towards God. And when you move towards God, you will be moving towards people. And so my question when it comes to progress, again, is how are you moving towards God and towards people? Because the Bible teaches us that your progress in God will be made evident 
to the people that God brings into your life. That there will be fruit out of a flourishing relationship with God. John says this, this is his direct quote, Love that doesn't cost, it's just feeling. Love is costly. Love that costs, love that, love that doesn't cost is simply an emotion or a feeling. Love is actually, like I just said, it's very, very costly. So 43 years ago, on May the 12th, there was a scripture that was read at our wedding. That is read at many, many weddings. And then after a few years of being married, I read it again and I'm like, can't do it. Too hard. Don't want to do it. I give up. He doesn't want to do it. So what's the point of even trying? And that scripture is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to read to you from verses 4 through 8. Here it says, love suffers long. You know, when I was getting married, I was not thinking of suffering long. (laughs) And yet we read it. It just sounds so beautiful and poetic. But think of it. Love suffers long. Like, yay. Nothing fun about that. Love does not envy. Well, that's a hard one, too. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. Oops. I behaved rudely often. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Um, I thought a little evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And so bringing that into practicality in our relationships, marriage, family, whatever it is, how does, what does that look like? Because that's the goal, is that we would have mar- a love that looks like this. That's why I looked at it after being married for four years and said, done. Can't do this. This is too hard, God. I don't know how to love like this. And he assured me, you're right, you don't know how. But I do. And my love working in you and through you will be able to love this way. And you know what, church? I have not arrived. I don't do this perfectly all the time. But I've come a long way. I actually believe I can be who God says I can be. And I believe that because love is a heart that moves, that as I continue to move towards God, God is going to grace me to love the people that he's brought into my life. Now, today, John's easy to love almost all the time. But there's other people in my life that aren't that easy to love. And so it's not just applying it in one area. It's actually applying this in every area of relationship with our life. This is gorgeous. These words by Brene Brown. She said, love is beautiful when it's professed, but it's only meaningful when it's practiced. Ouch. Hallelujah. Isn't that the truth? It's beautiful when it's professed. Just go ahead and profess it at the wedding. Beautiful, poetic. Wow. But then it's only truly meaningful when that gets practiced. And when I read those words that Brene Brown said, I thought that is just the crux of the matter. And it's not just getting it from here where it's emotional, but it's getting it into all of our practical living in relationship with people day by day. So I'm going to give you five things, five words. They all start with C. To just help us evaluate how our progression is working. And these are areas that I have to check up in my life regularly. 
And I think we need to get to a place where we're not afraid to have a look. To actually take a meaningful look at our relationships. And if I was to ask you, and I won't ask you to do this publicly, but I would venture to say that most of us in this room have at least one relationship that's challenging us right now. And uh, if it's not someone really close to you, it's maybe someone you work with, someone in your world that is just complicated. And it's easy to think, well, I'll just work with the easy ones. You know what? We don't get to do that. That it's about really engaging relationships and those that God brings into your life. And I'm not saying that we have to make every relationship work because not everyone's going to. But I believe that as the Bible teaches out of Romans in chapter 12, it says, as far as it depends on you, you live at peace with everyone. Now, not everyone wants peace, but those who do, you can work it out. And it's going to take bringing the peacemaker into the equation. Jesus didn't call us to just be peacekeepers. Canadians are known for being peacekeepers. And I, I think that's a nice thing to be known for. But Jesus did not call us to be peacekeepers. He told us to make peace. And peace is only makeable or, or can only bring forth peace in a situation where there's conflict. And conflict demands that we invite Jesus into the situation and say, help me do this better. Because I haven't got this all yet. Thank you for listening to part one of this message. 